Welcome to the podcast. Special guest today is Per Lars Hunt, who is in Sweden. Uh, conversation is via Zoom. Uh, per is Director of Sustainability at Ragen Cells. It's a waste management, environmental services and recycling company. Um, we talk about sustainability, so hence he is on the program. Uh, we touch on organizations and companies and people that are doing the right thing. Uh, it was fantastic to have Per on the podcast and talk about the work that he's doing. Um, I hope the company is not held back too much by regulations. Um, you can find out more about the company on ragencells.com. And if you like to support the podcast, please do so by going to the website and listen to more podcasts. It's podcasts.earth. And without further ado, here's the podcast with Per Lars Hans in Sweden. I'm talking here with, uh, and correct me if I'm totally pronouncing this wrong, but I'm talking here with Per Lars Hans, Director of Sustainability at Ragen Cells. That's still correct, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's okay. correct. Do I pronounce that correctly as well? Per Lars Hans? Well, it, it depends. When I was growing up, I had, uh, when I went to school, one of the teachers thought, thought I, I uh, originated from France instead oh. of Lachon. Lachon, oh, okay. That's, right. no, yeah. that, that is not correct. In, right. in Swedish, they say Lachons. Yeah, Lachons. Okay. That, that's, that, so that's, it's, that's, it's, uh, good. But it, a par, that's perfect. <laughs> okay, right. And you know, par, par originates from Peter. Oh, really? So with the same or name. Pete. That's amazing, isn't or, it? Or Petrus, to be honest. Yes. Petrus, or even. Okay. That's, yes, that's like biblical, I want say. Exactly. <laughs> okay. It means that we have the same, the same cold now. We are the rock. You know that. The rock, indeed, indeed. Yeah, 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 indeed. Yeah. So I was referred to you by uh, Lars. I did a podcast uh, with Lars, Lars Ling, and I saw a video online as well from yourself. Uh, also mm -hmm. with uh, Lars, you have worked with him many times, or just occasionally, or how do you know him? I have. Uh, he is one of the the sh champions in in changing the society into a more sustainable uh, future and yep. really try to impose and, and highlight different kind of initi initiatives. Mm -hmm. So based on that, I have been, been on and off working with him for more than 10 years, I believe. 10 years already. Wow. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, not on a regular basis. Okay. Uh, but he's, he's one of the ones that really likes to promote good initiatives. And he's really one of the, the pioneers in trying to have, have a change in society. So I really, and, and, um, He's doing that by promoting others, and that's yep. really something that I really like. It's one of the he's really good, good things behind behind him. So, right. and and you're going on a holiday. I caught you just before in, before you're going away in two days' time. Um, exactly. Obviously, coronavirus. A lot of people don't let people into the country. Uh, some don't let people go. And you are uh, in Sweden. Are you going abroad? Are you staying in Sweden? Are you staying on the farm because you're on the farm at the moment? What are you going to do? I will stay at the farm you and we will be around here in, in Bolnes. Okay. It's in the northern part or middle northern part of Sweden. And we will really have a nice time here. Okay. And I will have six weeks of vacation. I've never had so much much vacation any time, anywhere in, 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 before. So this yeah. is really going to be fantastic. Are you going to be totally off the grid or are you still going to be working? Because you're on the farm now and basically you're in a conversation with me. It means people can get in contact with you. And that's not something that you normally do on a holiday, right? So. Uh, 
I will be able to be contacted, and, uh, <laughs> of course, because I, you know, I, things are happening, and I, I love I love my work, Good. but but yeah. I won't work as much uh-huh. as I normally does. Fair enough, fair enough. So, um, coronavirus. Um, I see. Uh, I saw your website. You have like a whole page dedicated um, to this. Um, how you are not laying off people. How you are continuing the work. Obviously, people are depending on you and companies are depending on you and uh, nothing really has changed as 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 much um so you have basically have a contingency plan for these difficult times could you tell me a little bit about that so yes and of course our our business our way of, of working we are, we are caring for the for the waste in this society yeah. and we are still producing waste yeah uh, but of course it has shifted it, it means that some parts of, of the industry has totally closed down and of course, then you don't generate any waste either. Uh, but we have we have been pretty fortunate, so we don't we have not had that much of of, uh, of downturn mm-hmm. um, in our operations. Some parts, yes, but but uh, the majority is, is still producing waste. Okay. Uh, but the question is, can we do it another other way? Do we need waste in the future? Yeah. So it has been been good good practice here to understand how to do it. Yeah. And yes. Continuous plan is very important, and uh, and we have been able to have a, a good planning for that in all our four countries that we are operating in. And how much less waste do you have at the moment, uh, if I may ask? At the moment, it is a couple of percent down at the moment, so mm-hmm. it's it's not that bad. It was uh, in the start in March. It was uh, some of the markets really were 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 hit hard. Yeah. Uh, but we have seen other other parts of the market that has increased. On the other hand, so. okay. Which which parts of the market has increased? What have you seen as an increase in, uh... Uh, especially when it comes to uh, retailers, uh, f- food sales, uh, food retailers, and and uh, uh, restaurants, of course, have closed. Totally. But then we have, yeah. have the supermarkets have increased. Right in Sweden as well, restaurants are closed now because there was a time that the, the, I think the prime minister said, "Well, we're not going to put any strict." Uh, Implementation. The restaurant has has uh, not been forced to close down, right. but uh, the people has not been going to the restaurants right. as much. Right, and uh, it still is is a slowdown. It still is the lower lower volumes from the restaurants. Yeah, the hotels are almost empty. Totally so empty. Therefore, yeah. people are people yeah. are eating more more food at home. Right, and by that we see that there is an increase in household waste. Yeah. And, and uh, you are in in waste management. That's what I see. Environmental services, recycling. Um, you also have a foundation uh, in place as well. Uh, so, um, what is it exactly that you do? Um, tell me about it. Yeah, we. To be honest, we originate from being a transport company in the eighteen eighties. Okay. We were, uh, the you say eighteen eighteen eighties. Eighteen 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 eighty one. To be honest. Um, oh. Amandus uh, Selberg, he was he was um, he was uh, supposed to immigrate to U.S. in the 1880s, okay. and we had some tough times there in the 1880s in Sweden. Uh-huh. Uh, but he wanted to have some money with him when he immigrated, so he decided to borrow money to buy a horse oh, okay. so he could transport goods and people. The thing was, he was very he was. That was a very bad buy because the horse died after just a couple of months. So he was uh, he was not able to leave because he d- didn't have any money. He was even he was he was even on on, on the minus. Uh-huh. So therefore, in eighteen eighty two, he bought the second horse of more bought money uh, and land money, and then the success started. 
So in, in the end of 1880s uh, and uh, late 1890s, it became the largest transport company in Stockholm and, uh, and with horses and carriages. Oh. And at that stage also we transported the latrines from the city of Stockholm out to the suburbs, out to where the food were produced, to the farms okay. surrounding Stockholm. Yeah. Uh, and this is something that we continue doing today also. We are, we are the largest um, distributor of, uh, of uh, sludge, okay. from, uh, household sl- from sludge okay. uh, to the fields yeah. in Sweden. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, this is also what we'll do tomorrow, but now on a global level. But uh, tomorrow we will not be doing it in the way we do today, handling waste. We will extract resources, phosphorus, potassium, and nitrogen out Uh of the sludge and uh, deliver it to the the lands, but then in in a total new way. So more or less to say we are doing the same thing as in 1880s, but we're doing it in a modern way. Innovative way, brilliant. brilliant. Exactly. I, I, I spoke, uh, obviously we were talking about the circular economy. Uh, I did a podcast uh, recently with uh, a gentleman in Australia, Erwin Boermans, Comfort ID. In his case, it was really about uh, energy efficiency, uh, district heating, uh, heat recovery. And um, I'm, I'm seeing here that that, that uh, circular economy is really about eliminating waste and your business is about waste um could you explain to me well a few things really what, what does it mean to you first of all the circular economy and if there if it is really about eliminating waste then your business is dead as well isn't it or am i totally wrong here no you're totally right ah. uh, in, in a circular <laughs> economy in a true circular economy there's no waste mm-hmm. uh so and and for four years ago when we did our our latest really big strategy work Mm -hmm. that was also our insight so then the question mark was okay if there's no waste what do we do as a waste management company then Mm -hmm. and uh, it started really a transformation phase in our company and the and then we discovered that we do have things that we'll continue contributing with going forward and uh, for the next 70 years, at least, we believe we need to take away unwanted substances, uh, toxin, heavy metals that are in the wrong place. Yeah. Because our liner economy has been fantastic in, in producing economy and wealth. But we have not been, been caring for the resources that are limited, and we have not been taking responsibility for what, where the waste, waste had, has ended up. Yeah. It has created carbon emissions, and it created problems in disease mm-hmm. so now we need to re- take responsibility so and also decontaminate meaning take away the unwanted, unwanted things mm-hmm. and that's where we believe that we will play an important role the years to come okay taking decades to come taking the bad parts out of it basically correct and reusing exactly. everything good and um, you're doing this different, obviously, from the gentleman in Australia, doing it different from a lot of other companies. Um, uh, how, how do you do it differently and why do you different, do it differently? Well, you talked about the circular economy and what the circular economy means for us. Yeah. Uh, for us, we know that the circular economy will, be, will mean a new way of producing and consuming goods and, uh, and infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It will be, be, we need to source in a different way. We need to design in a different way so that the material can be used over and over again and mm-hmm. don't degrade. Mm-hmm. And therefore we have said that the cities, they are the ones that are consuming. They are the ones that need to demand that the thing that they are consuming can be used in a proper way and doesn't contain unwanted things. 
so we have come up with a solution that we can do mining in this case urban mining it means that we've been we have discovered material streams that will continue for decades to come yeah. but are today treated as as in a liner structure you waste them you deposit them you you put them in landfills and we say that everything that we can avoid landfilling mm-hmm. but uh, in 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 some way extract resources out of them we should try to do that so therefore we come up with with uh, a couple of I would say world-leading innovations. Mm-hmm. One is the phosphorus, where we out of sludge can can extract ninety-five percent of the phosphorus. Okay, what do you use that for? If I may ask, um... uh, the phosphorus are used for for fertilizing. Fertilizer. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, so so without any without phosphorus, there's no life. Right. Phosphorus is is also con- is part of our DNA, and if we don't have phosphorus, nothing will grow. Uh, and in the 50s, when they introduced uh, mineral fertilizers, normally they took away the latrines back to the, to the, the land. That was what they did in the 1880s. Mm-hmm. In the 1950s, when the, the mineral fertilizers were introduced, we had a huge economic boom in the society because then we could grow and, and uh, a, a growing population. We can, we can make sure that we created more food production. But that has been done in a liner way, meaning that we are mining phosphorus from mines. Uh, 80% of all known resources in the world are in one place in the world, and that's in Morocco. And Morocco, Sahara. yeah, okay. So it's uh, all so, imported. So, uh, that's not good, is it? Uh, uh, the challenge is, um, the big challenge with, with, the, with the phosphorus in Morocco, it, it contains heavy uh, content or a lot of, of uh, heavy metals like cadmium. And the problem is, and now we're talking about the challenge, the next 50 years to come. Uh, Europe, as an example, we have very, very little amount of phosphorus uh, that we can mine in Europe. Just 10% of of the need in Europe are produced inside Europe. 90% are imported. The challenge is, if we continue using the fertilizer that we are doing today, it means that we need to import from Morocco with high content of cadmium, spread it on the soils of Europe, then in 50 years from now, we will have a huge problem with diseases based on if you eat cadmium, if it comes into to the, the food that you're, you're eating, then you will, will suffer from osteoporosis. So I believe in 50 years from now, that will be the highest cost for European Union uh, to, to care for the, the people that are suffering from right. the diseases. So in order to avoid that, in order, in order to, to make sure that we can, that we can produce the phosphorus by ourselves, we need to, to mine from the urban mining possibilities that we have, meaning that we are we're taking care of, of the sludge. We, we take away the unwanted things like the cadmium and then can bring, bring back the pure phosphorus. And that's our patent. And our, we can produce the cleanest phosphorus, the cleanest phosphorus my, my, uh, fertilizer in the world. Yeah, and uh, so it, it's and that uh, we have not set up the first factory yet. It will be probably built in Germany. Okay, because Germany has the legislation in place where they demand phosphorus recovery. Right, that is what my next question really. You have to talk to the governments, the cities. You have to talk to the European Union to get this uh, all organized, correct? Uh, because it's a totally different way of thinking, and a total. You have to basically to educate people about this. Uh, yeah, and that's one of the biggest challenges that we need to 
do something about the next years to come. Mm. Because if, even if we extract it now from from the sludge, yep. we're not allowed to use it in uh, in Europe. Uh-huh. Because today's legislation in Europe are based on origin, not quality. Okay. It means that if it has been waste, it's banned to use as a fertilizer. Okay. That's not good. That's not good for your business either. Or no, what we want, uh, we, we believe if we're going to create circularity, yeah. we need to set up set up targets and we need to set up, up uh, regulations mm-hmm. that that gives, of course, a possibility, yeah. but set the quality in focus. And in our case, our phosphorus is of the highest quality in the world. Right. So we should, we believe, it should be used. We should prefer that substance instead of ban it like it is today. Yeah. But we have. I think that things are happening, and we know that as an example in Germany, when phosphorus became on on the critical raw material list yeah. managed by the European Union, they then Germany said, okay, if this is a scarce resource. European Union said this is important for us to care for, uh-huh. then put the legislation in place so we make it happen. So in 2032, all cities in Germany over a certain amount of, of population yeah. need to take out the phosphorus out of the sludge. And then there's a business possibility, of course, for us. Yeah, and I, I know that you have been as well. You spoke at the United Nations, um, one of their uh, meetings uh, as well with regards to this. And I also, um, obviously, I, I already mentioned it, uh, but you have a foundation in place. And the foundation, you give financial contributions and promoting research, uh, development, and knowledge sharing within the waste management area. But you just mentioned as well that you have a patent uh, on, on mm. your process. So that seems to go against each other it's like a con- contradiction or is that not a contradiction and how do you see that knowledge sharing um how do well, you do that knowledge sharing is is the key component right. uh, turning in in the world into a circular uh in the circular transformation we need to see uh-huh. will need to be done through a new way of uh, managing uh business okay. we need to focus on collaboration and then knowledge sharing is the key message because we don't have the time, we don't have the, the time to wait for for things to happen. We need to find the partners that would like to that have the same ideas as we have. Mm-hmm. And then together with those companies, together with those nations, we need to create uh, faster speed to this transform, make this transformation happen. Uh, our, our foundation, uh, it, it was set up uh, by... The Ragnar Selber is, is the founder of today's uh, today's company, Ragnar okay. Selber of today, and and he was one of the biggest inventor of the 1900s in Sweden. So he really created a lot of, of different kinds of solutions how to treat waste. Today's owners are the siblings, the three siblings of him, and um, the chairman. Uh, he really, well, when you speak to him and when you talk about new inventions. You see, he's smiling. He really, really like things to happen. So it's not that focusing on. Of course, we need to do profit in order to to develop new solutions. Uh-huh. But what really, what really makes him him sparkle is new inventions. Mm, okay. So the foundation they are sharing knowledge and they are helping uh, outside of the company. They are are, are not focusing on internal uh, research internally. Yes, we have a different kind of companies set up yep. to develop solutions for our own business, for our own operation. 
Uh, one example is Easy Mining. It's a yeah. 100% owned company by Rank Cells, yeah. but they are just developing solutions for nutrient recovery. And we have now over 50 patents uh, when concerned phosphorus, potassium, and, and nitrogen. Mm-hmm. And the latest one is the nitrogen. And the nitrogen is not a scarce resource, but it's one of the one of the real bad substances that you can have in water. Nitrogen, we have a lot of nitrogen up in the air. Okay. But when it when it goes from the air down to the water, it creates environmental problems mm-hmm. and it creates also health problems. So therefore, we see problem with eutrophication and and, uh, and we see challenges going forward with economical growth. As an example, in the Netherlands, the nitrate directive has been overshoot many times. So they have really big challenges, even allowing new buildings to be built. Mm. I think they stopped construction work for more than 15 billion euros annually based on that there's too much nitrogen in the water. Wow. Okay. I, I did not know that. And I'm from Holland. So there you go. And then, then, uh, and, and and then we see the World Bank published a report last year yeah. about the challenge of nitrogen in uh, in developing countries in the water, and they was very clear. This is the biggest challenge when it comes to economical growth, the years to come. So they see a thirty percent downturn in in economical growth if they can't get rid of the nitrogen out of the, of the water. And then you talk about the health problem. Yeah. And you're doing it in four countries at the moment. I saw Sweden, uh, Norway, Denmark, Estonia. Is that part of the knowledge sharing as well, that you're trying to get this global? Definitely. And what we do in those four countries is the, is the traditional way of working with waste management. Mm. And and uh, But our new inventions are not just for those four countries. That will be for the global market. Okay. And the nitrogen, what we're doing with that one is that we are taking out the nitrogen out of the water through yeah. chemical uh, chemical process. Mm-hmm. So uh, today's way of doing it is a biological treatment. Uh, and it means that it creates a lot of carbon emissions, laughing gas that emits to the climate. But we are doing it in a chemical way, so there is no carbon emissions. Uh, we are producing uh, fertilizer directly from the water to a lower cost for society. So it's really a groundbreaking way of of using wastewater as the new way of producing uh, fertilizer. So what are the obstacles that you have come across? Is it just the way it's being done at the moment? The government, legislation, is that what really is stopping you at the moment? Or? Within European Union, that's the challenge. Yeah, It means that we, have, uh, we are facing problems when it comes to, uh, to use it within Europe. Right. So it means that we will need to export outside of Europe, the potassium, the nitrogen, and the phosphorus uh, mm-hmm. uh, to other markets. And But we hope, and we will really need to target the European Union to have them to understand they need to change. Yeah. Quality must come before a region and allowing circular processes to be, be able to be used. Right, and I'm sure they understand that. So where where are you at the moment? How many years is that going to take before they understand that and themselves? Normally, huh? say changing legislation would take at least five years in Europe. Five years, okay. But I'm very positive now because we know that the new commission, they have really said that circular economy mm-hmm. are the number one on the agenda. Right. We need to make sure that we can we can demonstrate our possibilities because mm-hmm. it's very, did it start with the egg or with the ham? <laughs> How did it start? If you don't know I think it was about the, egg. the solution, I'm sure it was the egg. <laughs> I need the egg. 
But but the thing is, if you don't know about the solution, if uh-huh. you don't know that, that this is possible to do, then you can't change the legislation either. Mm. So we need to make sure that we can showcase our possibilities. Yeah. And and uh, this is a this is a very important transformation part for the company, mm. going from waste management into resource raw material producer when we can do it on a large scale on a global level mm. not just focusing on our, our four countries when we are dealing with waste yeah yeah and and okay that 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 is fair enough and is that what you call the sustainable journey or is there another meaning to that uh, the sustainable journey is, is our uh, that's our way how we are operating in order to create this change all right on the first level the first step we talk about being compliant yeah uh if we are not compliant nobody will listen to us mm-hmm. so that's the basic level the second level we are introducing those fantastic innovations like the phosphorus potassium and nitrogen and other solutions but nobody will buy them if there's not a request to buy them if there's not the legislation in place mm-hmm. So what we need to do is to make sure that we work on all three levels at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned UN, that's an example where I was really surprised, uh, but very honored, mm-hmm. where we became one of four examples for innovation and leadership for the global goals, mm-hmm. and was asked to present this in UN in New York in 2018. Yeah. And at that moment, when we we did this presentation, then I understood that we have the possibility to do a change. We have the possibility to 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 implement those ideas, not just in our areas, but on a global level. And uh, and and I really like the way that UN are doing it. They are showcasing good practice examples mm-hmm. and trying have them those to inspire more things to happen did you get good feedback right did you get good feedback from that very good feedback from many yeah. people but of, on the other hand yes we had also some challenges okay we had to, today's linear industry uh, was also participating and after our presentation they came to us and said um we have tried this so very long it's no idea you stop this we already mine enough so we will continue mining and you don't need to do this because you're stepping on their toes isn't it we are they have invested billions of dollars yeah and of course then they need to secure their their investments but it's the old way it's the liner way and it causes too much carbon emissions to the world so we need to do it in a new way right and of course yes we we are stopping on on their toes yes and that makes sense to me it's bad business what you're doing is bad business for them that's obviously very good for the world and for the environment and for everyone else but uh, not for existing uh, well, mining well, well, operations. for us that, that's really yeah. confirmation that we are on the right track of course it was a confirmation that we we can really contribute we have something uh-huh. that that uh, that <laughs> uh, policymakers would like to have in place mm. but it's a combination caring for resources detoxifying taking away harmful substances mm-hmm. and avoiding carbon emissions so it it and we can say yes to all those three which is very important all right and i see on your website that um, you are living proof that caring for the earth and good business go hand in hand is that you actually you believe that this yeah? is very 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 strong uh, with the owners this is very very strong statement that we all in our company are 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 behind and really so every inventions that we are developing yeah me to answer three questions will it uh, avoid using 
or reducing the need of virgin extraction somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Will it detoxify, take away unwanted substances? And thirdly, will it avoid pushing hindrances to future generations? If we have yes on those, all those three questions, then we will invest. And it's based on this statement, making sure that we care for the environment. Mm-hmm. So yes, and it works. So it works. You you strongly believe in it yourself as well. You've been there five years, right? So you this is something that you... Yes, I've been here five years and I've been working with sustainability for more than 25 years. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, this is uh, it's fantastic. We see all the problems in, that the company has, mm-hmm. companies has, or different business has. Yeah. But now, as and when companies have the problems, they there's a, there's another side of the coin. There's a possibility we can come up with a solution for them. Of course. Yeah. So there's huge amount of possibilities how we can transform problems into possibilities. Mm. And uh, the, the, the three examples I highlighted, phosphorus, potassium, and nitrogen, these are groundbreaking examples where we really can make a difference. And I have never seen a such potential before ever in my life. So mm. this, is, this is a huge potential for transforming society uh, into a new economy, a circular economy. Fair enough. And you say that um, obviously you do a lot of research internally in other areas as well, from what I understand. Um, I, I actually did um, a podcast uh, not too long ago with a gentleman from a, a think tank here in London, Patrick Hall, and he said that some things cannot just not be recycled. And he was mentioning, uh, for example, black garbage bags. They, were, they said that just that's just almost impossible. It's the worst thing for the environment, is what what he said. Um, it, in, in in the research that you're doing, and in your personal opinion, are there things that cannot be recycled, or what what, what do you think? Uh, or can everything in the end be recycled? Uh, just you need to find a solution for that. No, I I agree with him. Uh, <laughs> all plastic that are produced uh, and and are are with black are impossible to recycle to new plastics. Okay. And uh, so therefore it needs to be incinerated. We have developed technique that we, after incineration, can extract resources out of them. Right. So, 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 so it contradicts a little bit of what he's saying. Yeah. We are recycling in another way. Uh-huh. We, so we can recycle after incineration. Right. And, and just for, for people who are listening, what do you mean by that? It means that, that if you have things that you can't recycle anymore, yeah. that, that need to be taken out, like... Uh, you would like to phase out the 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 heavy chemicals or the toxin. Yep. Then uh, then uh, incineration are perfect to concentrate those substances. Okay. At the same time, you're concentrating all also the the elements that you would like to recycle back. So we have developed technique how we can both separate away the unwanted things as well as we can then also uh, concentrate the resources, the metals, the, the things that we need. Uh, it's very hard to, to say if, if you have a if you have a bag of of uh, of garbage and say that I would like to to extract the potassium out of this bag. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to see the potassium. It's so little. But if you concentrate it after incineration, then you can take out the atom, the uh, potassium mm-hmm. atom, and that's what we're doing. But I totally agree with him. So we need to design our products. So we can recycle them. So we can material uh, recycle them over and over again as long mm. as that goes down possible. to legislation again. I take it. So. 
it's it's uh, on and standards. standards you shouldn't mm-hmm. be allowed to produce uh, plastic bags that are black mm-hmm. as an example so why did they do that why did they produce black garbage bags which are like impossible to recycle why did they do that is it cheaper or is it better or i don't know exactly but i can guess that one challenge is that that if you have a black uh, bag you don't see the contents ah right yeah uh, so so th- that will be one one solution mm-hmm. so you you can put anything in it and it's no problem yeah. uh, i don't know exactly why they do it. they produce it black i see more and more transparent now bags coming uh, so so and uh, things things are happening mm. but we need to face out some of the bad stuff and especially the last over 150 years of industrialization has made us very rich in the society but has also created problems mm. and those problems we need to take away and that's heavy heavy chemicals and heavy metals and different kind of chemicals that need to be phased out okay Okay, anything else that needs to be phased out where that might be difficult? What needs to be phased out are, are the, the toxin that we have put in into the system. Mm-hmm. We know that we are constructing things with substances that are very smart to use when you're, you know, for one reason. Yeah. It creates other problems. PFAS is one of those examples, or PFOS. Okay. Uh, and, and that's something that, that is... is uh, it's sustainable for heat and also very good to avoid uh, water leakage. Yeah. The thing is, it it when it comes into the ecosystem, when it comes into to when you're drinking water, mm-hmm. it creates health problems. So therefore, they are now in the phase of trying to get rid of PFAS or PFOS in in different kind of things that we're using for it. Mm-hmm. Using for we're using it for lipsticks. Mm-hmm. We're using it for different kind of Not me. of. Uh, not, not me either. Um, <laughs> okay. And we, we use and, and the thing is that 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 it's perfect to use in in, um, in the direct use what we designed it to use for, but we have not decided for circularity. Right. So the consequences when it ends up in the water, it becomes a problem instead. Uh, okay. Okay. Now, obviously, this a lot of what you do comes down to really making you know making people aware that it's better for the environment so now there was an article in a newspaper a week ago um also online on i believe conversation.com it's uh, they did a survey um 80,000 people uh 40 countries and uh, a lot of people seem to think that uh well that it's not really such a big deal and they say the lack of concern is far higher in some countries, which you would not actually think that. Uh, and they say Sweden is one of them with 9%, uh, even though that's, you know, your country. It's the country of uh, Greater Thunberg. They say, surprisingly, the five countries, the lowest level of concern, all in Western Europe. And they mention Belgium, they mention Denmark, they mention Sweden. They mentioned Norway and they mentioned the Netherlands. And um, well, I, I'm from the Netherlands. You're you're from Sweden. Um, what what do you think is going on there? Why are people not concerned? Um, well, it's less than half. They say so. That's less than fifty percent actually thinks that that it's a serious problem. It seems very strange. These are you know educated uh, educated countries. Um, you know, weird, isn't it? Or... Yeah, I have read the survey also by myself and and. Uh... Uh, I see the countries that are, are, are of high concern. 
they are all all low trust uh, countries. It yeah. means that there's low trust for for uh, authorities in those countries. Uh-huh. Okay. We are we are all those countries that that are in, in the bottom are high trust com- mm-hmm. uh, countries. It means that we trust in in the society. Mm. So one reason I just guessing now can yeah. be that we believe in our authorities that they will fix it. That's a very, very big challenge because if we don't change the way we produce things, yeah. we won't succeed. If we don't change how we consume, this will create a problem. In Sweden, and I know in many of our, our countries, their carbon offsetting has been very popular. Yeah. It means that you are continue doing the same thing, but you offset. You, mm-hmm. you pay an extra tax for yeah. doing it. Some people say it's not really worthwhile, but um, some people say it does make a difference. What do you think? I would say that that in some industries you need to do it uh, because because that's the only way to do it in the short term. You need to long term change the behavior, mm. but it can create, and that was my second guess. It can create a, a belief that well, there's no problem. We already solved it. Just carbon offset. Mm. We have decided not go for carbon offsetting. We have decided to go for being climate positive by introducing new way of recycling back resources mm. where we can then take down carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. We can avoid emitting carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Mm. And so by investing millions and millions of euros in new inventions, we will secure a better future. And, and we believe that is better than doing carbon offsetting. That that is indeed better, I would say. That is indeed better. Now, um, obviously, climate change has been um, uh, on the agenda and in people's minds for, for quite a for quite a long time. With a lot of demonstrations, if uh, climate action group, and obviously from in from from Sweden, Greta Thunberg. Um, at the moment, we have the uh, coronavirus. They say, well, you know. Uh, the other things are not as important. We just have to stay alive. At the same time, people say, what can a pandemic teach us about uh, climate change? Um, how can we be more resilient to such things, uh, from pandemics to climate change? And obviously, there, there are similarities. Uh, governments are downplaying uh, early warnings. Uh, you can see that uh, with the coronavirus. You can see it in the, United, so in the United States. You can see that in the UK and also in Sweden at the beginning um, uh, as well, from what I understand. And at the same time, you have a lot of citizens that are uh, protesting to put measures in place. And you can see that the movements from, from, from Greta, you can see it all around the world. And um, also with the pandemic. Uh, so people say you should really you know, be proactive and not just do something after, uh, you know, the problems come. And do you have any thoughts about this um, from your side? I think it's very critical that we try to do more than one thing at, at the same time. It means that we need to make sure that we can just, we, we can avoid things like COVID-19 to spread. We need to also at the same time care for the for the climate at the same time that we don't create other challenges, other environmental challenges. I think the SDGs are important. Mm-hmm. We have the the, the 17 uh, or the 169 uh, sub goals that that all of them need to be fulfilled, mm-hmm. and they also they also demonstrate that the world can unite. Mm. The thing is that we need then to showcase and promote the innovations, the solutions that bring us in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so and hopefully COVID nineteen will make us to understand that we have the possibility to take united actions mm. and 
Uh, so we need to do a COVID-19 activity for each of those 169 sub-goals, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay. If we yeah. do that, uh-huh. then we would succeed. All right. That, 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 that is a perfect uh, close, I would say, as well. Um, that's very good. Uh, I believe that myself as well, by the way. So where can we find you? And um, before you go on holiday, is there anything that you would like to mention? You can find us at rangcells.com yeah. on the webpage. Yeah. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn if you would like to have personal contact with me. Uh, we like sharing our knowledge and uh, I like to share whatever I can mm-hmm. in order to create a world to become circular. I said the collaboration is the key factor. So if anyone listening would like to collaborate and come up with uh, and have an idea how we can take the next step in recycling, that creates circularity, then I'm more than welcome to discuss it with him or her. So thank you so much, Peter, for uh, having me on. Thank you. And I was... wish you to have a good vacation also. I hope yeah, I'm not going on holiday, I think. I think I'll just, uh, I'll just uh, stay right where I am, just like you. I don't think it's really wise to go anywhere, uh, especially not flying or at the moment public transport. And I know what I'm saying is absolutely bad for the environment, but... Um, I don't have a car either, but if I would have a car, I would drive somewhere in my car and uh, maybe a camping spot or something like that. So uh, that's what I would do, but I'm not going to do that. I'll stay here till it's blown over. Um, so I, I think a lot of people, and maybe you've seen the things here in, in the UK, what's happening, like beaches overcrowded all of a sudden as soon as they relax it. I, I believe there's very high chance there might be a, a second uh, second wave so I'm, I'm i want to stay alive actually myself i uh, prefer to so that's my my idea really Good. thank you so Don't much with you. <laughs> stay, stay, stay alive and, yeah, and stay keep, safe keep, huh? keep, the, keep the planet green absolutely i totally agree with that one thank you so much and have a good holiday thank you That was the podcast with Per Lars Hans. It was great to have him on the show. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Uh, You can find out more as well on podcast.earth. And you have been listening to Peter de Vries. Thank you for doing so. Please don't forget to tune in next time for the latest on sustainability, wellness, and responsible travel. See you next time.